huge problem with saying that they have to do that. It's not. It's like the Bible. Okay. Are you guys ready to hear some encouraging words from Scripture? Are you ready? Okay. Today's message is called Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. I, I don't know how long you've been a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm making the assumption that most of you are a follower of Jesus Christ. But if you are walking by faith, not by sight, you're waiting on the Lord. You're waiting for something. Okay. You're waiting for God to answer a prayer in your life, in your marriage, for God to do a work in your children, for the Lord to give you direction in your career, your vocation. You're waiting on the craziness to stop and, and God to just do something with the craziness in our world right now. All of our life is waiting on the Lord in one way or another. Contrary to a pop theology, um, you're not going to have your best life now. You're going to have a hard life right now. You're walking a narrow road, but it is a road that you know God. Spirit of God journeys with us, and he helps us in the waiting process. Whether you're waiting a week or a month or a year or years to see that miracle happen, to have that prayer answered, or to experience renewed hope, you're always waiting on the Lord. I want to encourage you with three reminders out of one Bible verse. I know you're like, Mark, you're going to preach from one Bible verse? Yeah, one Bible verse. It's Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40, 31. Now, in context, this particular passage is Isaiah the prophet encouraging the Israelites as they wait for the Lord, the rest of they wait for the Lord to work in their life. If you've read Scripture, all throughout this narrative is God working amongst a group of people known as the Hebrew people, who time and time again waited for God to deliver them and help them and restore them and renew them. And so we have this narrative. But I want to zoom into one verse that really encapsulates truth through all throughout the narrative, all throughout Scripture. That's Isaiah 40. 31. We're going to look at three reminders of what it looks like to wait on the Lord. I'm going to read this one Bible verse and then pray so we can just get our hearts and our minds focused, and we're going to dig in. You guys ready? All right. Here's the Bible verse. We're going to be looking at the English Standard Version. We do have some slides today. The English Standard Version, I think, aligns more closely with the original Hebrew language. And I'm going to exegete or dig apart this text a little bit and bring out some of the uh, the nuances of the words that are there that we can just quickly read past and miss. And so ESV, I think, is, is more accurate to do that. Here it is. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not Heavenly Father, we just thank you that in these next moments together, that by your Spirit is going to speak to us. And so we invite your Spirit to open our minds and our hearts to receive from you and help us to apply that appropriately in our daily life. Lord, for anyone here today that is not a follower of Jesus Christ, who has not trusted in you as their Lord and Savior, we ask that your Spirit would begin to work in our lives, both faith within them, God, and that they would trust and believe Lord, for all of us, regardless of where we're at in our journey, help us to learn what it looks like to wait on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our primary text is very simple, but there's some profound truth in that. And I want to share the first thing with you. How many know when you wait, there's stress? That's the very first truth. There's stress from waiting. Let's look at our primary text again. I've highlighted a few words. They who wait for the Lord 
shall renew their strength. Perhaps in another translation, or as you memorized it over the years, it says hope, those who hope in the Lord, or those who trust in the Lord. And really, that's what comes from the waiting process. The original language here really uses this word wait, but it's a profound word. It means uh, to be under tension. And so the word as it originally was used refers to two or three ropes that are twisted together and are under enormous tension and stress. Maybe you're waiting on God for something today and you feel that tension. You feel that stress. Or you've been in a place and time in your lives when you're under stress as you wait for something to come about. That's what's going on here. And as I studied this text some time ago, my mind went right away to a Balsawood airplane. When I was a child, I, every now and then I'd have one of these Balsawood airplanes. Who had a Balsawood airplane or played with one of these when you were younger? Maybe yours had a landing gears on it. But the premise is the same. It's a lightweight wood, and there's a propeller or a prop, and as you spin that prop, what happens? The rubber band underneath turns over and kinks up and is under great tension. Is that right? And really, this is what's going on as we wait on the Lord. God is working in our lives, but there's tension. There's tension that comes. And the longer you wait, sometimes that tension mounts. And it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. I remember as a child, I, I would wait for that rubber band to kink over, double over two or three times. It is now, actually. And there are times when I would wince, and I, I, would, just, I would just wonder if that rubber band was going to snap. Have you ever had that kind of stress in your life as you're waiting on the Lord? God, I just don't know how much I can take. And over and over again, and day after day, week after week, month after month, just the twisting and turning. Maybe you have a reprieve in a period of time when you feel calm and peace and then something agitates that. Whatever it is, you're waiting on God to resolve or rescue. And there's stress that comes from the waiting process. And God is reminding his people through the prophet Isaiah that those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a couple things here that I want to point out in the original language. Is that it's it's not a waiting on an ideology or a concept. It's waiting on the Lord. The original word here is Yahweh or Yahweh. It's the covenant God, the personal God. We don't wait on a concept or an ideology. We wait on a personal, loving God who knows us and who cares for us. And metaphorically speaking, as we wait upon Him and feel that tension and stress, He has us in His hand. And He knows what we can endure. The word wait there, uh, it can be used a couple different ways. It can be used as a spider weaving a web and waiting for prey. Or it can be used as military forces setting an ambush and waiting for the enemy. The word wait is not a passive word. It's an active, proactive word. And so as you're waiting on God in your life, understand that God has a purpose to that. It's a purposeful waiting on Him. And understand that God is present and He's working in that situation. He has you in His hand. Amen? I want to ask you a question to help you apply this a little bit better. I have found in my own life during periods where I'm waiting on the Lord, by the way, we just waited over 13 months to buy a house. Many of you have been praying for us. I'm telling you, it was an agonizing, stressful 
entrance there for 13 months, even though we had deals fall through. We got, at many times, uh, we lost hope. But we saw the peace that Deanna handed off. And here's what I realized, that during those times of stress, God is often teaching us something. So my question to you this morning is, what is God teaching you? God teaches us a few things during stress, during the waiting period. He's teaching us about himself and who he is. He's teaching us about ourselves and who we are and who we need to be. He's teaching us about the circumstances. Last week, I was in Ohio visiting with friends and speaking at a church, and I met with my friend who owns a coffee roasting business. I love him. His coffee is some of the best coffee on the planet. I mean, this guy has a, a legit roaster. He has a full operation. He ships all over the U.S., and I love his coffee. And he and I were, were spending some time together, and we visited a church. And that church had an old coffee bar in the lobby that was shut down. And the pastor happened to share that in time they want to renovate that coffee bar, and they just didn't know how to do it. Well, my friend, who's very passionate about coffee, began giving all this advice and resourcing the pastor and saying, hey, when the time is right, let me know. We can help with the coffee. I know an organization that can help you get the espresso machine, and we can get this thing up and running so you can have really good fellowship with your church. And I sat back and I watched my friend get really excited about coffee and helping people connect. And then he sent me an email on Monday telling me that he's waiting on God and he really has this desire to open his own coffee shop. Maybe you're like him. You have a dream. You have an idea. And for months or years, you're waiting, not knowing if it's the right time to launch out or spend your capital to invest in that endeavor. Or maybe you've got a prodigal child that's run from the Lord and acting and living very foolishly, and you're praying and praying and praying that he or she will turn back. It's stressful. It really is. But I want to encourage you that God is teaching something about himself, about you, about that situation. He has you in his hand, and he purposed you the second thing that happens when we wait on the Lord. The first and the most obvious is that there is stress from waiting, and you should ask God what he's teaching you. But the other thing is that there's strength from waiting. Amen? There's strength from waiting. Let's go back to our text. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. This word renew in the original language, it actually refers to sweeping something through. Maybe you've got some dust here, and you're sweeping up the house, and you're sweeping it from room to room to pile it up. The word means to push through or to break through. In other contexts, it can refer to um, uh, a seed that's, that's under great pressure and then begins to sprout up and break through the ground and grow. And Isaiah tells us that those that wait on the Lord will experience a renewal. That is a breakthrough going from one place to a new place. The other thing he says is that there is strength that comes. Strength that comes. This is a very interesting word in the original language. And in fact, the word can be used to refer to a chameleon. Have you ever seen a chameleon? Chameleon are these little lizard-like critters that can change the color of their skin. And 
YouTube video, and I saw that someone had, not that had, uh, I don't know why, they had four or five cell phones. Maybe they grabbed all their family members' cell phones, and each of the cell phones had a different case on it. There was a green case, a blue case, a red case, a black case, and they put their chameleon on top of the table, and as the chameleon walked over the different colored cell phone cases, it changed its color again. It's quite amazing. Here, this original word means transformation. It means to morph. So what God is saying to the Hebrew people, and what he says to us who walk by faith, is that you might be under pressure now, but that place of pressure will move you, and in time, you're going to sprout forth and transform. You're going to become different. There's something that's going to happen that's transformational. There will be a breakthrough that will come. I have found when I'm under great stress, I often begin to think, what's going on here? God, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But maybe God is doing something for a purpose. How many know with this airplane, as it's under great stress, that stress has a purpose, and it's developing strength. And just as a jetliner needs maximum thrust to take off and go through the clouds, this little airplane needs thrust as well. And as I turn that prop, even every now and then wincing, for fear that the rubber band would snap or the prop would spin out of control and cut my finger, there is strength that is mounting in that band that will allow this plane to soar. The same is true for you and I. God is allowing us to go through something. And as we wait on Him and as we trust Him, His Spirit is nourishing our soul. He's giving us more clarity. He's developing strength of character. He's working all things for good for those who've been called according to His purpose. Romans 8, 20, tells us that. It may not be the way we want it or how and when we want it, but God is working. Ooh, I don't know if you just saw that. I lost control of the clock for a second. God is working all things for good. The question that you might want to ask yourself while you're in that waiting process now, or perhaps this is down the road, is where is God taking you? Where is God taking you? If you're here and you're enduring stress, God is going to take you somewhere. Maybe another way to put that is, God, what are you about to do? Lord, where are you taking me? What's the purpose? God, why am I in this situation? How will you bring about a breakthrough? What do you want me to learn from this process? So there's stress from waiting. Two, there's strength. And then the third thing, obvious in our text, is there's a storm from the waiting. The storms from the waiting. Let's go to our text. We're going to go to the English Standard Version. It says, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, if you have a different translation of Scripture, you'll see that there's a different word used, and I have it on the screen here. They will soar on wings like eagles. The original language was more closely um, aligned to this phrase, mount up. When I read that, mount up, maybe you're like me, but I envision an equestrian metaphor. That's the first thing that came to my mind, is someone mounting a horse. That's actually not what the word means. It means to ascend or go up a mountain. So you imagine that airplane trying to go high, and that pilot pulling back on that throttle and getting massive thrust. That's exactly what happens as we develop stress in the waiting process. God is working all things for good. There's a strength that comes that then allows us to soar 
to mount. Uh, uh, Kim and I have just bought a home uh, in Batavia, which is along the Fox River Valley area. And all along the Fox River Valley area are birds of prey. In fact, not too far from where we live, there's a residential eagle. Is his name Hank? I don't know his name. I think it's Hank, right? Jonathan is. And um, all these beautiful birds fly. You know, a pigeon can soar 20 feet off the ground, but a pigeon can't do what a bald eagle can do and get massive lift and mount up and soar and reach height. That's what God is saying here. He's saying that in that process, it's stressful, it's oftentimes painful. God has developed in strength in you so that you can mount up and reach heights that you could never reach before. This plane cannot fly without the stress and strength that comes from me burning this body. Oftentimes, we don't like waiting on God, but God has a purpose for that. The question I want to encourage you with this morning, I think it'll be on the screen, is who are you telling? Who are you telling? God allows us to go through processes where he's pruning us and making us more like him. And he wants us to tell others about it. Don't just wait till you begin to soar and reach new heights. Tell them even during the painful time. Tell them that you trust God during the stressful time of waiting. Tell them that you trust God as he's developing strength and character, as he's working out that situation. Tell them as you begin to soar and reach new heights and overcome those obstacles. Anytime and every time is a good time to tell people about God. A couple weeks ago, Jonathan and I were out in Colorado. Some of you know we moved to Colorado for a few years to help the ministry launch their global initiative. And we've returned back to the Chicago area. But we still go back and visit. And Jonathan and I were there. We just hiked a couple mountains. They have over 50 mountains. Uh, that have uh, an elevation of 14,000 feet or higher. And so Jonathan and I have hiked a number of those. And um, sure enough, a couple weeks ago we were hiking. Uh, we actually hiked two summits. Um, it was an eight-hour hike. Uh, I was exhausted. And parts of my body were shutting down and locking up. And for about an hour and a half of that journey, I was in such agonizing pain. I was waiting to be done with the journey. And um, every time I would experience pain, I would just shout out, Jesus, Jesus. I, I would say a little bit different than that. Um, it was usually a little bit louder and with more pain uh, and umph behind it. And it was excruciating. I remember years before, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I was hiking another mountain. And that particular mountain, uh, for 80% of it, didn't have a designated trail. The trail was gone. And so we had to scramble. Scrambling is where you're crawling on your hands and feet. Uh, can you imagine crawling on your hands and feet at 12,000 feet elevation for hour after hour after hour? I want to tell you, my body hurt so bad. It was took everything in me to, to ascend and mount that summit. It took everything out of me to descend and get back to the trailhead. Why do I share that with you? Why do I share it with you? Because there are probably one or two of you here today. You're at sea level, and you've got a mountain-sized obstacle, and you just don't know. God's going to get you from here to there. Maybe it's not you, but someone you care about, someone you love. Maybe you watch enough news, you look at where our nation is headed. You're like, God, I don't know how we're ever going to get past where we're at right now. I feel like I'm here, and I just don't know that I'll ever get enough strength to reach there. I want to let you know that God is working in you. He's 
working in our society. Yes, it's stressful, but the strength is coming, and soon enough, you will see it. Three things that happen during the waiting process for those of us that walk by faith, stress, strength, and soon. I want to give you three responses to that. Number one, discover. Spend some time discovering what God is teaching you about himself, about yourself, about the situation. Discern. Discern. It's a little bit different than discovery. Discern means to lean into. You hear the voice of God. Open up your Bible. Begin reading God's Word. And the more you read God's Word, the more you consume God's Word, you discern His will and you more readily understand that He has you in His hand. And He loves to walk with us. And then declare. Tell people. Tell people about God. Don't wait until you have your best life today. Let them know when life is really tough. He still loves God. You know that God comes in His hand. Three simple truths today and a few different ways to apply them. Discover, discern, and declare. Now we're going to close in prayer, but before we do, I have one more question for you. Who wants me to throw this open? All right. I'm going to throw it, but you better watch your eyes. This is a safety disclaimer. Don't sue me. I have no money. I'm a poor missionary. All right. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in the lobby. Uh, you can find out more about High Hopes, uh, ministry in general, grab our various literature and prayer cards, and catch up with us. I'm going to throw this in. We're going to see what happens, and we'll close in prayer. You guys ready? Hold there, guys. All right. Well, um, physics validated what God's Word says. Uh, you might be empty. You might be in a waiting time right now. Or you might have someone in your life that's waiting on the Lord. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. But God is teaching you something. He's about to take you somewhere. Start telling people that. He has you in His hand, even when it's stressful. He's developing strength in you. And at some point, you'll soar. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the great reminder from your word uh, of what it means to walk in faith and wait upon you. Help us, Lord, to discover what you're teaching us. Help us, Lord, to discern where you're taking us. And Lord, help us to declare and tell others of your glory. Help us to share the good news that you created us to be with you in healthy relationships. And our sins separate us from you. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. There's nothing we can do to earn a right place with you to restore our relationship. And so Jesus came to pay the penalty, to pay the price for our sins. And everyone, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And that life is difficult today, but you're with us.
Thank you. 